Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, I get it. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Don't look now. But the ACC Network released the schedule for spring game dates. It's not too far away. Dukes, April 16th. And the man who's going to be leading spring practices in not too long is the new head coach of the Blue Devils, Mike Elko, who joins us now. Spent a substantial amount of time in Winston-Salem. And also, I'll say at Bowling Green, too, alongside Dave Clawson. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Coach, you're on in the triad, but I need to ask you first. I saw you tweeting from the Smith Center on Saturday talking about that feeling that you have walking out with the Blue Devils getting a win. How would you describe your first Duke Carolina experience Saturday night? Yeah, I think it, it went about as well as it could have for us. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take you long to get into that rivalry, that's for sure. So it was obviously a great environment and, and, you know, a chance to see Coach K's last game over there was something I was really excited about. But uh, anytime we win that game in any sport, it, it means a little something over here in Durham. You didn't ride over to the bonfires, did you? I did not. I did okay. not. I, I, I ended my night with the walkout. That was the end of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little bit of research on you, you went to... Princeton, I got that right. But do no, I? I went to Penn. Oh, I oh. went to Penn now. Oh, Princeton sorry about that. Rival. Got the yeah. wrong Ivy League school written down here. Okay, so you That's went okay. to Penn. You went to Penn. But do I have it right though that you actually applied to Duke? I did. I did. So I, uh, I I applied to Duke and and wound up actually not getting in, um, and then used my football. Uh, repertoire to get me into Penn and and that's where I wound up settling in. What what intrigued you about Duke when you were a high school senior? Yeah, I so so as a as a high school kid, so obviously I was a sport guy. I played all three sports and so, you know, it was hard not to to be drawn to Duke basketball at that time and everything that they were doing and you know, it just seemed like a really exciting place to be and the academic reputation of the school travels and so those were probably the two biggest things. But, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was really into watching college basketball, it was, it was hard not to get attracted to this place. It's Duke head coach Mike Elko who's with us, uh, with us here. You've been a D.C. in uh, college football for close to 15 years now at Bowling Green with Clawson. You followed him to Wake a year at Notre Dame, and then you've spent some time at Texas A&M. I remember when you were here, you coached up in the booth, and I remember seeing you up at the booth when A&M played in a ton of big games. When's the last time that you coached on the sideline? It, it has been a long time. We were actually just talking about that the other day. I think, I think we settled on 2010 was the last time I was on the sideline for a football game because we were discussing. I don't think my daughter, who is now in seventh grade, has ever actually been in a game where I was on the sideline. What's the adjustment going to be like, you think? It's going to be interesting. You know, obviously, you know, I've gotten a chance to come down for scrimmages and, and spring games in the past. And so I've, I've done it a little bit. You know, it'll, it'll be uh, a little bit of an adjustment, but it's something I'll work on through spring ball and fall camp and, and be ready to go in the season. But it's definitely going to feel a little different the first time I'm down there. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I imagine you can't really have Diet Cokes or anything sitting there when, nope. when, when you're on the sideline. So we were just talking about that the other day. We were planning on whether or not we could use like a squirt bottle 
as like the Diet Coke bottle for the for the game day atmosphere. But but uh, no, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to figure out a different way to get through the games. What's one thing you you saw and did alongside Dave Clawson's first few years in Winston Salem that you think that's going to be a good thing to implement at Duke? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I've learned this. So I was, I was with Dave at four different programs. I was with him at the first year at three different programs. And I think the one thing that I always took from him was just the the first thing that needs to get established is culture. I think there's such a rush sometimes to get into X's and O's and get into scheme and get into all the things that. Um, we want to do sometimes a little bit more as coaches, but really the most important thing that we've got to establish is the culture of our locker room and, and what we want the pillars of this program to look like and what we want the principles of this program to look like. And so that to me is the biggest thing and, and just making sure that we build the foundation right so that when we do start to have the success that we're capable of having, we can sustain it. What's something that you think of as a coach you need to do to implement culture that maybe fans might not appreciate because when as long as I've covered football coach it's amazing everybody loves football but I don't think many people and I'll even say us in the media as well understand at times what exactly we're looking at and that always comes across when I'm in film rooms and I'm talking to coaches it seems you guys speak a different language and see the game totally differently so when you're talking about program building and culture building what are some of the things that fans might not appreciate that you think's necessary in order to build that no i i think it's i think there's a level of accountability that you're trying to build through your off-season program i think there's a level of discipline that you're trying to build through your off-season program um, and I just think there's a level of detail and attention to detail that you're trying to build. And, you know, those things show up in every Saturday. They just don't show up in the ways that fans think about them. But, you know, the reason why someone makes a play in the fourth quarter within the game on the line and someone doesn't make a play in the fourth quarter sometimes comes down to those off-season culture things. And, you know, some, some kids just get used to doing things the right way and figuring out a way to achieve and be successful regardless of circumstance. And, and those those habits get built in January and February and then revealed in October. I think sometimes fans think they just happen in October, and, and we as coaches maybe think there's a little bit deeper meaning to it. Mike Elko's with us here, Duke football coach. What do you think your approach to redshirting is going to be at Duke? Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're probably a little bit uh, in between in terms of how we want to look at that. I, I do think we want to do a good job of going out and recruiting kids who are extremely competitive and want to come in and play right away. And I think we want to give them every opportunity to come in and compete for playing time as freshmen. Um, and then I think, you know, you get to this point about seven to ten days before the first game where you just start to, to feel where the depth chart is and, and where kids' roles are going to be. And you want to make sure at that point that if a freshman or a young kid isn't going to have exactly the role that he's capable of having that you are aware of it and, and, and do do a good job of trying to protect those kids and redshirt them. But, you know, I don't think it's a conversation that we ever have with kids. Uh, it's certainly not a program philosophy that we're going to have that we want to redshirt kids, but we will also be smart and make sure that we do right by kids. Are there any spots in Winston-Salem you miss visiting? Ooh, that's a uh, that's an interesting question. We were just talking about this the other day. Bibbs Barbecue is probably the one that we enjoyed oh. the most downtown. Oh. That was uh, that was always a hot spot for us. Okay, okay. So 
I, that was my favorite spot too, but I've got bad news. It shut down uh, on New Year's Eve on on in 2020, and I wow. I thought I looked at I looked at the uh, I looked at the hours they had for that day, and it said, "All right, we're going to be open till about 7:30, 8 o'clock." So I get off the air at six, and I race over there to get one last thing of Bid's Barbecue, and they said that it closed at five o'clock that day. I'd wow. never been more heartbroken. You never even got closure. You never even got closure. No closure. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to break the news to you right now because barbecue it's a uh, it's a meaningful thing in my life. Yeah, yeah. Then, then without that, I'd have to go with Mario Mario's Pizza up and there. You go. That was the closest thing to New York pizza that I had, and uh, I enjoyed that place a lot. <laughs> uh, that that's still around. There, there's no doubt. So when you're recruiting around this area, you can you could still get yourself some Mario's Pizza. While we got you, you here, go. let's let's talk about the Super Bowl. Mike Elko with us here. I know you coach Jesse Bates. John Wolford yep. was was on some of those teams. He's on the Rams side. So, do you have a rooting interest in Super Bowl Fifty Six? Well, obviously, I, I got to go with with the Bengals, and I got to go with with it for two reasons. One, obviously, a lot of lot of affection for Jesse, and and you know, recruiting him and getting an opportunity to coach him, and, and him and I are still very close. So, so we'll be pulling for him. And um, I think one of the biggest butt kickings I've ever taken in my coaching career came at the hands of Joe Burrows yeah. uh, when he was at LSU throwing the ball to Jamar Chase. So uh, every time they have success in the NFL, that makes me feel just a little better about myself. And so uh, maybe if we can get them to win a Super Bowl, it'll it'll erase all the memories of that game I had against them. Yeah, wasn't that the seven overtime game? No, 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 no. We beat them in the seven overtime game okay. the year they that won was the 2018. championship. Yeah, the year they won the national championship that next year, it was uh, no one remembers that game because it really didn't last. If, if the one game lasted seven overtimes, the other game lasted about seven minutes of competitive football. Did you know in the 2018 game that LSU had something in Burrow? So we knew, we knew, so we played him first in 2017. That was the seven overtime game. Okay. We knew something then. Um, yeah, even though they didn't quite have the year they wanted to have, um, that kid had a, had a competitiveness about him. And there was a, there was a, uh, just a way about how he played the game that, that really jumped off the film to us. And that was at the end of the year. And, and that was a year where, you know, he was coming off and not playing football for a while and, and showed up in the summer and just in time for, for the season to start. And so didn't really get an opportunity to fully get into that one. Um, but by the end of the year, you could kind of see it. And then obviously he just took it off and ran the following year. What's the biggest nightmare scout you've ever had as a defensive coordinator? Uh, that one, I mean that one. That was that was that was. Uh, a, a, there are a lot of players on that team that are are playing extremely successful in the NFL. You know, you had you had Chase and Burrow. You had Edwards Alaire who's playing running back for the Chiefs still. You had Jordan Jefferson who's doing a really nice job in Minnesota. You had Moss's son playing tight end. Uh, you had quite a few offensive linemen that are still in the NFL. That was uh, that was a nightmare that game. Well, Mike Elko, we look forward to getting to know you, and hopefully we could see you out at spring practice, the spring game, April the 16th at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. Congratulations on getting the job, and we'll, we'll have a plate of Mario's Pizza waiting for you the next time you're in the triad. I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. I'd love to come over and have some. See you later. Thanks so much for doing this, Coach. Take care. Thanks for having me, guys. No doubt. There he goes. That's Mike Elko, the new head coach of the Blue Devils. Love that. I felt really bad there, Robert. I had to break bad news to him that Bibbs was shut down. That was hard. Do you know that feeling that you had to break bad news to somebody? 
even more than that, I have this annoying feature about myself that I just notice people's uh, speech patterns. And, I already know what you're about to say. And this dude talks to every, has just talked to everybody about everything. No, I think I just asked really good questions to find things that he was just talking about with people. I think that's what it was. We're going to find out whether he's going to be just talking to people or not next time. No, I, I, I think maybe we were just right on the spot. I enjoyed that.